Welcome to the Rambling Ranger podcast, episode 18, and my name is Luke Taylor, and today I'm joined by someone that I, funnily enough, haven't actually talked to in a very long time now, um, a former colleague <laughs> of mine, someone that's um, moved on since from being a ranger, which we'll hear about, but um, has nonetheless uh, a kind of an interesting story to tell and some key points for, in particular, I think, seasonal rangers and uh, the kind of the follow-on from that. But um, yeah, Neil, uh, Neil McLaughlin, uh, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you, Luke? You all right? I am indeed. Um, yeah, we've just been catching up pre-show. It's funny how time just <laughs> has, certainly over the last few years, put it into perspective. But for us, essentially, it's been at least three or four years since we've, we've probably, well, saw in person, I suppose, a leaving dinner from uh, West Lothian Council. And then from there, you've been on and done loads of other things like myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I Three or four years isn't that long, really, but it's, sometimes it feels long, but another time, times you think god that's actually flown past like you know it's weird, weird yeah and it depends obviously in our cases we've been between jobs and are, have a lot of things have happened so uh, i mean time might have flew by but also it does seem like that uh, seem like it's yeah. been a while um but no of course when i first um, met yourself was actually one of the first i want to say rangers that i did meet because it was it was during my work experience at west Lothian council oh yeah um, and I distinctively remember, um, this is uh, the, with meeting yourself, um, I associate it with me and my friend, uh, school friend at the time, and we were the two placements and it was our last day and we were, we had bumped into you and we were saying our goodbyes and everything else and um, we, I give you a handshake first and Aidan gives you a handshake afterwards and I remember you distinctively complimented his handshake and how good a <laughs> handshake it was and how far it would take him in life and here's me just standing there thinking what about my handshake? Um, <laughs> I can't remember that, I can't remember that. I, I remember these, I always, I, I suppose, uh, yeah, you've, um, I'm obviously a lot That's, younger than yourself. Makes but, me, uh, makes me sound like an old man. I always <laughs> think it's always old men that go, oh, that's a good handshake, son. That's a good handshake, son. <laughs> but know, no, so. yes, oh, well. um, I always associate one of that moment and another one we'll talk about a bit later on. But um, for whatever reason, <laughs> it just stuck out. But to be fair, I mean, at the time, again, I suppose it is one of those things you it's, it's a very it's a formality isn't it and how how your handshake goes in sort of a business uh, type environment and I mean I, I I'll, I'll tell you it now I've, I, I'm a handshake kind of man now I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> the uh, I'm not the 16 year old I was at, uh, back then I have improved my handshake so yeah <laughs> well there's more to life than a hard handshake <laughs> I was maybe having them on I don't know I can't oh well no I do remember it was in good spirit but um nonetheless I suppose how about um, just for everyone listening we've already went off on a bit of a tangent but um just uh, introduce yourself <laughs> yeah um, my name is Neil McLaughlin um I work in Peatland Restoration just now I'm a project manager for a government agency um, previous to that, I worked in outdoor access. I worked for a local authority as um, that role was the Green Infrastructure Development Officer, which was which was East Ayrshire. That's where I was. That was their sort of made-up role that encompassed um, being the access officer for the the area and also project manager and I also managed um, 
a maintenance team that looked after the River Air Way, which is like East Ayrshire's version of the right. West Highland Way sort of thing. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, and before that, yeah, I was a countryside ranger at West Lothian. That's where I met you. Um, and before that, there was a few other things, but um, I don't know, do you want me to go over that just now or do you want to speak about that later? Or Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you've, <clears> since then, you've kind of, um, since the countryside ranger role, um, you've obviously been on and done other jobs. But um, I, I, I guess a thing that we never, well, we might have talked about back then, but I've forgotten now, but... Um, what kind of led you into that? It was obviously a seasonal role with Whistledown Council. Um, yeah, what led you into that role? What sort of, um, were you interested in rangering beforehand? Um, were you doing other jobs, which I'm sure you were? Um, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear that. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, God, uh, it probably goes back a few years um, to, um, let me think what age it would have been. I was probably about 24. 425 and I was oh, I was at a part of my life where I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I'd been to uni already, um, straight from high school. I went to do it was internet software development, which um thinking about that now, it's like <laughs> it's absolutely crazy that that's what I went to do. But I was sort of, you know, when you come out of school, not everyone's ready to. I don't know, choose a career, and I don't think I was, and I was sort of, like, in hindsight, like, I think I was sort of um, kind of ushered that right. way, you know? Um, you must kind of choose what you want to do just now, sort of thing. If you don't, oh, God, you're not going to end up anywhere. Kind of thing. <laughs> and so, so I was like, oh, right, that's fine. All my friends are away to, to uni, so I better go to uni, and went there for three years, and I was I was halfway through my third year and I thought to myself, no, that's a lie actually. I failed a few exams actually in my third year. So I was actually resetting third year. So that already shows how interested I was. <laughs> and um so I was halfway through the reset here and I thought, you know what, I'm wasting my time here. I don't want to do anything like this. So uh I just packed it in much to the uh dismay of my family, you know. Right. Um, and uh, picked up a wee job uh, painting and decorating with a friend who had started his own business. And it was in that time that I thought, you know, I think I might go back to uni or college. Like a friend of mine had talked about this uh, course down at Oakridge. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone's heard about that country's management and I went along to a few open days and you know got asked a few questions met a few of the lecturers and it, it nothing really happened though it, it just kind of fizzled out right and um, at that point I was living back home again and I just wanted to move out I'd lived in Glasgow for uni I just wanted to go back to Glasgow so I just applied for a job in a close Shop. It was actually in a clothes shop called H and M, right? And I'd worked in retail through uni, just at weekends and stuff. So, it, so it was fairly easy for me to get in there. Yeah, got an interview. You know, had years of experience working weekends, and I got into H and M back into Glasgow, and then I've worked there 
for a few years and I've still sort of yearning to, you know, work outside, you know, I, mm. I was fairly enjoying working in H&M, it was quite a good social job, everyone else was in a similar situation, had been to uni or were at uni and so we were going out, you know, two or three times a week and stuff, had loads of friends, it was awesome. <laughs> met my um, now wife uh, th- uh, through that as well and it's like, um, so that led me on to becoming a manager and that that's when that's sort of nice going out every night sort of fizzled away and it oh, got right. a wee bit too sort of you know management yeah <laughs> <laughs> actually you know i've like i've always wanted to work out died like if i'm not uh careful i might lose my chance here because at that point i was maybe about 28 Right. And that, I mean, to me now that's young, but at the time I felt quite old. So um, <laughs> I applied eventually. I went to SRUC and done countryside management down in Ayr. Um, and I'd done two years there. Mm. And at the end of my second year, I just started applying for any job that was out there, sort of thing. So I'd I applied for two or three and I got offered two actually. Wow. So the first one I got offered had been uh, East Ayrshire. Right. Uh, which is a coincidence because I actually ended up back there. So got offered a job there as a, it was like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, countryside attendant. Right. And I accepted that role. Um, I was quite happy about it, but I'd actually been interviewed for West Lothian for this regional ranger about. Th- Honestly, it was about three months earlier. And so I just <laughs> put it off. Yeah. And then I'd say about a week after I got offered the one East Ayrshire, I got a phone call from West Lothian saying, you know, like if you're interested, still we're hiring you sort of thing. And I was like, you know, <laughs> that, you know that was what I was, it, it was more money, which was a big thing for me totally. at that point. Because, yeah. um, uh, you know, I just spent two years as a student and I had rent and stuff to pay for. So that, <laughs> that wee bit extra money was quite helpful. And the fact that it was in West Lothian, that's where I grew up. Um, I was familiar with B. Craig's and Paul Kemet and all that. So I thought to myself, I, I'd probably prefer to go there. So I actually had to phone up East Station and say, you know, I've just given you my sizes for all my, my <laughs> uniform. But... I'm going to have to uh, Bounce. turn that off or down, if, if that's all right. And the, the, the guy in the phone was actually, he was real understanding. He was like, look, that's all right, that's fine. Bye. You're just, you know. Yeah. So I went into West Lone to be a ranger, and that was 2015, 15. that was. Right, um, wow. Yeah. So it's a year before it, I started, I believe. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Part yeah. two, yeah. That was it. Wow, that's uh, it's all flowing back to me now. I can, I can just I remember <laughs> us having these conversations years and years ago. I completely forgot about your department store work with H H&M and and be, you yeah, being yeah. a manager. But uh, no, I remember you. Um, yeah, you obviously went and studied um, uh, country management, which um, is obviously something that uh, a lot of um, uh, students do or people kind of coming into the profession, and something I did um, briefly over the last uh, three years. Um, but it's just funny how, again, similar to a lot of other people's stories, how 
Um, again, for yourself, it's that change of career thing. Um, so you were obviously, you had done something entirely different straight out of school. And then you'd again worked here, there. And uh, the painting and decorating, which is something you still carried through uh, during the seasonal work, didn't you? Yeah, um, it's something that I still occasionally do. Still right. in touch with my, yeah. So the guy who took me on, he's an old friend. He's he's not a painter anymore. But at that point, he had taken on someone else. Um, and he's still a painter. And then a few years after that, when I went back to study at DSRU's, See, I yeah, yeah. picked up a few shifts extra <laughs> after that as well. And at that point, he started training someone else who is right. now runs his own business. So I'm, I'm right. excellent friends with the two of them. Mm. And occasionally they'll say, you know, I've got a bit of work on if you want some extra money or if you've got a spare. And, I, you know, it's, it's, it's always good for me to get my overalls on again and start <laughs> painting, you know, like I like it. Yeah, um, So, yeah, occasionally, I'll, you know, when I say occasionally, I'm talking like three or four times a year or yeah. something like that. But um, yeah, it's, I'd say that's something that's actually helped me, you know. And not for the fact that like I won't ever have to hire a painter to paint my own house now because I'm doing myself. <laughs> but, you know, that sort of um, mini project management, Yeah. you know, uh, you, you know, you make a quote on a job, you have to stick to that budget you've got a time you know you've got to get it done by the end of the week say you know it's yeah. something that actually sort of helps and transfers over and um yeah yeah quite like it i suppose having that job would you say in the back pocket certainly you always what seems like had a job there even although you had that idea of course this was with a good friend and everything else and you'd, you'd already done kind of a full-time role before the seasonal work but uh, i suppose it's always having that fallback um again i know a lot of people that have um went on to do seasonal ranger work but in retrospect nowadays it's even more difficult to progress after that which we'll talk about but um obviously yourself in that in that like you'd been i'd done something entirely different but i'd done again different kind of roles um it's not to say you would have fell back on painting and decorating if the seasonal stuff fell through of course that never happened but um you were doing something else um alongside the ranger work you weren't just again focusing entirely on that yeah, yeah no, I'd say that is right. That's exactly right. Um, and like in hindsight, I, I didn't actually think about it at the time of being lucky. I just thought, well, that's my only option, so I've got to take it up. But totally. And, but I suppose it is lucky, especially when you hear other people's stories. I, I've got a few friends that um, would have been better rangers than I ever were. Mm was and they've not managed to get into a role because they're in a full-time job they're a bit older um they've got rent to pay and all that sort of thing and they can't take a six-month contract on yeah, yeah. the risk that at the end of that they're not getting rehired or um and it's, it's actually fr it's, it's not even happening to me and i find it frustrating yeah. you know that there's yeah. people out there who have got the skills and the knowledge that can you know, really uh, delivered the ranger role to high quality, and they just, you know, it's too hard for them to get in. That's that's why I, I think um, maybe we can, you know, 
talk about that later, but um, the sort of the Ranger structure, I think, is slightly wrong. I think like I don't I, I don't have any answers, <laughs> but like I just think like if it's that hard for somebody who is very no knowledgeable and has this skill set, but they can't get a job, I just find that's there's something in that that's wrong. Yeah, and I don't have the answer to. I mean, I suppose I might have a few answers or a few ideas. I'm not involved in them any. <laughs> more but um yeah it's it's yeah. it's quite frustrating you know no absolutely i think um as i said it's one of my frustrations as well um and we touched upon it as you mentioned scra there the scottish council of Rangers association one of the previous episodes and um, we've just had with um george potts the chair he kind of touch upon he touches upon that kind of struggle and i think what you're kind of referring to is certainly back in his day we're talking the 80s um, when anyone from any trade, from shipbuilding to, again, uh, people in fisheries in his case, and these jobs were of value to then what was an upcoming kind of new roles in the countryside, a ranger, and the amount yeah. of knowledge and wealth and experience they brought to that role has shaped it to what it has become now. And yet we don't have that kind of same framework, nor the the ability for people like that nowadays to kind of enter into uh, the profession because as you said they're going to be leaving behind what again they essentially need for just their their lives the the money the income and a lot of them full-time posts yeah. yet they would be fantastic rangers and um, we start to see that more and more or i do anyway with young people and um and college and again the dis the disheartening behind it where the 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 real the kind of reality kicks in where a lot of students want to be rangers when they're going through college certainly i'm thinking countryside management courses and then by the end of it they realize that they're it's not going to be a possibility anymore or there's other opportunities and um, yeah. that are easier to 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 go uh, for and it's the same with people like yourself i mean I've, again it's not just young people but um, adults and people that have done previous professions i mean some of the seasonals that you worked alongside at west Lothian, and again that I know of now, unfortunately, a lot of them, when their seasons uh, came to a finish and everything else, they haven't been able to seek further ranger employment after that. They've either fell back on what they've um, previously done as a profession or, as in your case, you've kind of developed it into something else, um, still kind of outdoorsy. Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, then, I guess, I suppose, in the time of a ranger, what was that like for you as a, as a seasonal ranger? So you've just been through, I suppose, not quite hell, but all those previous jobs <laughs> that um, you you weren't that fond of, and um, you've obviously now kind of got a position that you're you're quite happy with. Yeah, I, I mean, I, other roles like I did like them. It wasn't like I, you know, there was only one part of it towards my uh, the end of my H and M. Mm, totally career that I was a bit like oh this is a bit <laughs> rubbish but yeah like you're saying that wasn't what I wanted to do so when I ended up in that role um it was unbelievable actually like I remember because it's, it's not actually that long ago really I mean six years ago and I can remember um you know uh <laughs> maybe two or three weeks into um partnered up with Hannah, uh, who you've had on before, Hannah Crow. So she, 
she was the main grade at Paul Kemet's. So I was um, partnered up with her and um, learned loads off of her. But I can remember walking around and saying to her, <laughs> I can't believe I get paid for this. Yeah. You know, this is absolutely crazy. And her sort of laughing at me like, oh, oh you're so naive. You're so yes, <laughs> yes. Like, like, and I sort of tongue in cheek manner, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, so for the first, like, I'd say, well, I think I was there for maybe two years, two and a half years. Yeah, um, just I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for the first at least year and a half of that, I was, I couldn't believe it. You know, when my friends were asking, how's the new role, how's the new job and stuff? And you know, I, I'd tell them just thinking I was like, talking normally. Totally. And everyone commented on how sort of excited <laughs> I was about it, you know? And um, yeah, it was excellent. Learn loads. Um, uh, I thought I'd done all right at, uh, at uni. So you see, I thought I'd learned a lot. And then you get th- thrown in a natural, you know, doing it for real job. And you actually realize, ah, no, you know, I don't know that much, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, Working alongside Hannah and Kirsty and Tracy and Lynn as well, uh, four very different rangers, each in their own respect of uh, brilliant qualities. Learned loads of each of them. Yeah. And um, I'd I'd say though that the biggest sort of um, skill that I picked up on, or picked up was the communication sort of aspect of it. So being in retail, working in shops and serving customers all day, having to deal with complaints and um, and the opposite, you know, dealing with nice, happy customers and stuff, just having that sort of interaction all day, every day, really helped me being a ranger because you are talking to people all day, every day. Well, not all day, every day, but you know, most of the time. Yeah. And it can be people who are sort of angry about this day at the park or they're not happy about what, what you're doing. Yeah. The amount of time I had um, people ask me why we haven't cut the grass. And I was, <laughs> you know, explaining to them about, you know, it's it's a meadow. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and going into that and speaking about that, and you know, that's uh, learning how to talk to people. I think um, when you're a ranger, it will get you far. It will get you far. It will transfer over into even how you uh, do an interview later on. You know, it will transfer over into how you come across to somebody else who uh, might want to employ you. It can help you that way. So um, that was the bit that, you know, but. Like if you had asked me three, four years ago, like I wouldn't have answered that. Like I didn't. That was that's in sort of hindsight. Totally. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. No. Um. As as the kind of thing I mentioned earlier with the whole having that backup job thing, I suppose a lot of these things is something you in the moment or at the time just kind of take for granted, or is just the the norm. And then is 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 that one of those hindsight scenarios, which is why it's interesting to talk about it with um yourself and people on the podcast where. Um, as a listener, you're obviously going to be you, you. You'll be listening and picking up these things, and 
again something that I don't realize as well unless you hear it and someone else saying um, you hear someone else talking about it or saying um, about these things you you again might find yourself in a situation I do a lot of the time where it is uh, unknowingly I'm again contributing to that con uh, communications factor or as you mentioned there the whole ranger aspect and the actual job helping me in an interview scenario I never really <laughs> I never really thought about it that way but that's yeah, yeah that yeah. is true no it's definitely true I think because it was something I got um was a bit of advice I got when when was that I was going for the management role in H&M and my manager at the time gave me a bit of advice he was like so how are you thinking about the interview you all right and I was like oh I, you know like I'm actually all right but for some reason like in the last half hour I'm quite nervous you know and she's like look just like chat away like you always chat away like you know you you're fine you come across quite friendly it's it's all right it's it's you know just do that like if you find yourself kind of slipping from that just try and act like that you know just yeah try and act like that yeah, yeah. and sometimes it sounds odd but sometimes that's what it's like being a ranger or it was being a ranger you know it's um talking to somebody who um wasn't happy about something and it, it's it's quite hard to you know come in and either you know uh come in and have an opposite view from them or if you have got the same view as them but it's not really appropriate for you to sort of join in on the morning yeah. you have to kind of yeah. come yeah, across yeah. be professional put that sort of persona on and it's Sounds odd because that's nothing to do with um, environmental issues or engaging with, you know, um, with schools and stuff like that. But it's something I think that actually helps when you're a ranger, you know. Yeah, the whole persona thing, I was just thinking about it there. The I feel like I'm too nice as sometimes when I'm in those <laughs> when I'm in those situations. And I mean that in actually a bad way, not a good way, because it actually hinders the not authoritarian but the whole and the aspect where i'm in a situation that i might be more lenient to side with someone on a opinion that i'm again kind of in the same mindset of and i suppose there's two ways about that it's the whole obviously formality and informality and i feel like for me i'm very much i always try and find the line where i can be relatable to someone but also still have obviously a professional be a prof and yeah, act in a professional exactly. way because there's nothing worse than acting in a professional way where you know as someone yourself wouldn't like to be treated in that way because otherwise you're never going to be able to get across say a, a, a point or an argument for yourself on something that they disagree with and I think that is a challenging and difficult thing and I think you'll agree as well it only comes with time and the amount of people that you have an opportunity to interact with you're never going to get it right and say one season for example six months you're going to yeah. have to have multiple in my case anyway seasons at a job or uh, again the amount of time i've been in a ranger service for um only for me anyway improved mm -hmm. yeah and you know that might seem quite sort of obvious and rudimentary to somebody you know if if somebody's listened to this who's been a ranger for years or has worked in any sort of role for reals if for years they'll be thinking they are 
well, you know, that's quite obvious. That's just work. That's just what yeah. you do at work. <laughs> but for seasonal rangers, you know, quite a lot of people are coming in from different roles. They're coming in straight from school or uni, and they haven't learned these like we nuances yet. And that's it's part of it. Yeah. You know? Speaking of which, then, I suppose, what was your most memorable moments or favourite things about your seasonal um, role and just um, your time at West Lothian, I, I guess? Uh, um, it's quite a few, actually. I mean, um, I, I still talk about it quite a lot to my friends because, you know, quite a lot of my friends still think I'm a ranger just because <laughs> I work outside in an environmental sort of role. Call me a ranger, like it actually happened to me at the weekend there. Um, but uh, I'd say there's a few sort of um, memories at the time, you know, never hated it, but I was like, uh, oh god, I, I don't like this part of it. Um, but like in hindsight, uh, it's laughable, you know, it's just funny. And one of them is um, West Lothian, you know, B Craig's, they had the red. Here, yeah, yeah. And at Christmas, at Christmas, we had to, <laughs> uh, we had to get all dressed up with Santa hats and take groups of kids down and have a look at the the, the red deer and sing a, I don't know what it was. It was like a Christmas jingle sort of thing. It was, and, it was uh, Rudolph the red deer, uh, red nose, uh, red deer. I don't know. Uh, but I'm sure it was something like Hamish. The red oh sorry like, yes. famous the red yep. nose red deer or something <laughs> and that honestly i used to dread that i used to absolutely dread that and uh you know uh don't want to be like negative here but that you know those be sort of parts of the role was something that like made me want to kind of move on actually if i'm honest but it's a very nice memory though in hindsight because it's like uh, it was funny you know yeah. it was like i'm walking along i'm holding hands with like four <laughs> five-year-olds and i've got like uh, a bag of like dried food and i'm thrown over the fence and i'm singing hey mr red nose red deer you know but you know that's um that's not environment Mental, I'm not engaging with uh, the curriculum of excellence, with deals or anything. That That's not necessarily a ranger, I don't know, task. However, it sticks in my head because it was such a, you know, good wee time. And uh, yeah, that, that's one of them. The other one is... Um, and I talk about this quite a lot with friends, actually, is um, my, I think it was my second year um, there. We were allowed to lead the summer camps, the, uh, what are they called again? Ranger Weeks or something like that. Yes, they can be. And it was, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, you know, for the listeners that don't know it, it that was, uh, I think there were 16 kids and they booked on it at the start of, the year and it was a Monday to Friday, nine to five. They spent with the Rangers and um, 
we took them out, we took them orienteering, we took them uh, building dens and stuff, we taught them uh, some sort of small scale plant ID, we played games with them, and it was all just a, well, to me anyway, I felt like it, this was an opportunity to engage young kids with the outdoors and try and get it sort of ingrained in them sort of thing is the way I've looked at and it was hard it was hard work yeah. because quite a lot of the kids have been put into it by their parents because they thought that it was good for them and they weren't really <laughs> interested so yeah. you know it was hard at times but then other times um, it worked excellent and so for all the days I went home and like you know got into the house and just opened up a bottle of lager because I was knackered. <laughs> it was hard work. Hard work. You know, you have to get there early, set everything up, and then you're looking after them all day, and then you need to clean everything up afterwards, and then you go home. Um, and that's, you know, you have to also go to the computer, have a look at your emails, have a look at all your other workload. It was hard. And But at the end of it, if one of these wee kids was like, at the end of the week was to say to you, you know, that was brilliant, Neil. I loved that. My favourite part was, you know, playing in the river. I'll be back here next week, you know. And, you know, that was, um, this sounds a bit odd. And I don't know if you haven't had that experience, you might not understand it. But I was like, you know, kind of touched almost. You know what I mean? Like, I'd never, like, I'd heard it. A few of my friends said, I, but, you know, you're, you're dealing with all these wee kids. And if you get one of them into nature and they turn into a ranger, yeah. then that's your, that, that's, that's absolutely excellent. Like, and I was yeah. getting in of it until that actually happened to me. I thought that, that, that was excellent, you know? And um, so, yeah, there were two memories I still talk about five, six years later. Um, and aside from that, it's meeting everyone, you know, I'm, I'm still pals with you, I speak to Ben as well quite a lot. Um, not heard from Hannah and Tracy and the rest of them. Well, but that's probably my fault. I said I would visit them after I left, and I haven't actually been through, which is absolutely horrendous. But yeah, you know, it's the people you meet, things you learn. Uh, for a two-year post, well, it was always a temporary post. You know, seasonals is always like three, six months normally, but the two, two and a half years I was there, um, I think I was only ever out of work for about three or four weeks right which yeah. is madness if you think about it yeah, yeah so i was on a temporary role for two and a bit years um but i was mostly in work you know so yeah no it's um just um hearing your kind of your moments there has has brought back i suppose brought back a lot of mine i think similar <laughs> to yourself um with the whole uh, changing i suppose making uh, a kid's day or making I suppose someone have an experience that then is memorable afterwards is always something I take away from these yeah, things yeah. and I think now more than ever you might relate to that more being being a recent uh, father with your yeah, with, yeah um, for sure with a newborn that I suppose as a as a parent you might realize that even more that um obviously the influence you have on your own child and what you want for them um, and they're wherever they like, I don't know, 
years and years from now they end up in a similar situation the person that's delivering those sessions and everything else will have a essentially an effect on them be that in a negative or a positive way but if they get something out of it then you know that person or in your case you did something right um through those activity weeks and um they may end up being these things that you've um you've taken for granted or have dreaded or as you said got home and have been absolutely shattered because um that it was it was the reality of it if it was it was the one time i feel like most rangers will agree if you're ever doing an events program or something that's flushed out for a full week and you're doing the same thing every day it is exhausting because it's not yeah. the rest of the year you've got a bit more flexibility you're on and off doing different things every day kind of sort of thing but that is it's a very focused honed in full week of educational stuff and you're always with these kids there's never a moment without and that is nine to five and you I suppose you you feel a bit um you feel um you don't envy teachers or people in other professions let's say yeah. that are in that role that's what I kids. used to say that's yeah. what I used to say I used to go home and uh you know if I bumped into Manny who was a high school teacher I used to say honestly how do you do it like that is so hard so hard work but you know so rewarding though as well so rewarding and I suppose that's why teachers are teachers yeah mm. this might tie into then we'll come on to kind of your top tips for seasonal because I think it is an important thing for if more than anything seasonal rangers to reflect or people that have been in a seasonal ranger role or people wanting to get into it to reflect on their time as um, as a seasonal ranger and um, I suppose take see what they've gotten out of it and how that will help them progress or um, what they need to, to to get into the kind of the seasonal role. It was an interesting thing that came to me when you were mentioning about the things you dread most. And I think that's also something that puts a lot of people that are wanting to become rangers slash seasonal rangers off. And it's potentially things that they wouldn't want to do in a seasonal ranger role and the things that come to me are these public events the christmas ones and specifically where you're <laughs> a fully grown man with christmas deer antlers on singing again to kids and adults and you do feel a bit silly and you feel like in that scenario is this not is this job worth it but it's like this isn't really what i signed up for or paid for like and i feel like for a lot of adults in particular that are wanting to change careers the whole potential school education part of a ranger role might put them off. So I think from yourself, what would you say to people that are potentially in seasonal roles that hate an aspect of it, or people that are wanting to become a seasonal ranger, what advice would you give to them about the things they potentially dislike, be that people engagement, the public events with Christmas songs and birthday parties, just all that stuff? Yeah, okay. Um... Yeah, that's it's, that's actually quite a hard one because it depends on the individual, I suppose. Totally. But yeah. um, uh, I think in general, it's a case of um, doing your research. I think about what a ranger actually is because I came out of college and I had this idea that a ranger would be out. I I talk to people quite a lot. I'd be the presence out there, but I'd also be out there fixing past building boardwalks, uh, maybe hanging a gate, doing, doing all this uh, practical stuff, when in actual fact that's a very small element of it, and if you're a ranger in the central belt anyway, you know. Totally. Um, and Yeah, yeah, so, but, so I think if I'd done a bit more research on what a, what a ranger is, a seasonal ranger as well, because they quite often 
they sort of they get thrown into these uh, event programs and that as as well. Um, they do more of it. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that, that's what I meant. Sorry, um, it's like I don't know. Like if I'd actually just looked up what a ranger does at West Lothian, then I would have known that because that that um, that Christmas program that ran every year. Yeah. So that and and had been for years, <laughs> and uh, you know, so um, it's just been a bit sort of maybe open-minded, I think, as 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 well. And you have to remember as as well, it's it's not the the kind of top end, high end ranger environmental work. However, it's still very important because something like that that might not have anything to do with um, the biodiversity of the area or maybe educating them in um, flowers and plants or invertebrates but what you're doing is you're making a memory in the country park for that kid yeah so that kid will then maybe (laughs) associate that nice kind of christmas uh day out at the country park as you know something they want to do the next year and so they're they're actually coming into the park when they might not be and that you know like or not that's also part of your role is to encourage people into these places and have a good time enjoy them look after it come again afterwards and if if part of that is you know putting on a Christmas hat <laughs> and sort of feeling like an idiot for half an hour then you know, well like I don't want to be like stuck up and do it because I've done it you know that's, <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to say but it's it, it's, it's a case of it, it, it just depends where you are each ranger role will have a part of it that is not as um, nice and glamorous as the other parts of it and depending who like you might be somebody from a theater and sub acting background that'll be like what i get to dress up that is amazing yes i can't wait till christmas i'll do all of them i'll do all those you know what I mean? <laughs> that might happen yeah this depends who you are. Like I came from a retail background where I spoke to adults all day, every day. Um, like I didn't really speak to many kids. I wasn't a te- like an ex-teacher or anything like that. And so, you know, taking out these young kids, five years old and stuff, um, yeah, it was quite hard at the time, but um, I'm, I'm sort of going off on a tangent here, I suppose. I, I'm not really giving any advice. I'm just saying, you know, it's no, no. part I... of the role. It is part of the role. And you need to accept the fact that you're going into a job that's so buried. It's so buried that you're not going to like every single aspect of it. And that's just yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you, you'll like a lot of it. You'll like loads of it. But there will be the odd bit you might not like and a seasonal role is temporary um 
so if you're using it to you know go into something else if you just want to get a bit of experience in land management and working alongside other uh, nature based roles then fine but like if you want to be a ranger full time i think you need to uh, accept the fact that in the central belt anyway part of it bringing visitors in is doing it in all these wild and wonderful ways and at christmas <laughs> it might be throwing your hat on yeah <laughs> and singing a reindeer song but um don't know if that was any help to anyone i don't know but that, that's just my sort of view off the top of my head on how seasonal rangers can lead on to other things but you know if you want to be a ranger then you need to know what a ranger is what's involved in that role no absolutely um it's people essentially in scotland anyway uh what a proper ranger role should be incorporates people to any degree be that any ages and essentially and uh, most base local authorities will be kids in some degree with the curriculum for excellence and education system yeah for sure so it may be that down to just that fact of doing a bit more research seeing what the ranger service is about because you will find yourself in situations i think a lot of rangers retrospectively and like you've just emphasized you 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 make it out to see more than what it actually is and actually it is only half an hour five times during a month at the end of the year whereas you've got all these other amazing stuff uh, during the rest yeah. of the year but it's it's a human thing where you always you always remember or have a grudge against that one thing that's a bit <laughs> like a thorn which in that case might be engaging with kids or or, or other things we'll kind of talk about i suppose leading on now to how you've taken a lot of these skills and obviously with yourself, which we'll touch on you, you unfortunately uh, haven't progressed into further, I suppose, ranger employment, but you have uh, you have been doing similar things, let's say. Um, I just, before we move on though, I do want to, I suppose my most memorable moment that involves you, the second thing that I, uh, I hinted at uh, <laughs> earlier was actually on, a, was it, it was Black Moss. It was a Black Moss. It was the one in Armadale um, in West Lothian, for those that know it. And it was us going out to do some uh, water um, readings, um, which is, again, I think one of, in retrospect, those dreaded things where if you were chosen that month, you had to go out with a la uh, laptop with cables and everything out into the middle of a moss, find this probe that you may or may not never <laughs> find. Um, just, again, moss height. You'll have to trace up and down to find it. And then once you find it, you plugged yourself in again technology and all elements with your laptop stood there and then you stood for however long it took to download this data and I remember me and you went out and did that one and um, in actual fact we ended up i think it's the first time i actually got to know you and i think we picked up on martial art films and everything else yeah from we there, did. i remember that yeah from there the time just flew by it was like we were we were, <laughs> we were actually there for a shorter period of time than what we actually were but no moments <laughs> like that and little things like that as part of the will be the things I suppose I've taken away from my time with uh, with West Lothian and certainly with people like yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do remember that. And uh, it's quite, um, well, it's that uh, going out onto the moss and measuring the, the, it was the water levels, I'm pretty yeah, sure we have to yeah, do. Yeah. And that was a monitoring station, I think, that was managed by SNH, I think, at the time, it, uh, and we just had to go out, take those re readings and send them back to SNH. I think it was just to 
see how well the moss was um, doing. I think I'm pretty sure. I yeah, um, but it's such a simple funny, thing, but yeah, yeah. And it, that was something that actually uh, used in my interview to end up where I'm just now, you know, <laughs> working in peatlands restoration, and you know, I was you know spending almost three, well, three and a half years in outdoor access. I didn't really have much habitat management experience to to talk about. So I was kind of trolling back through my ranger years and, you know, that was part of it, yeah. You can uh, touch on, I suppose, the two roles uh, that you've kind of described them very briefly because I know we've been talking for quite a while. Obviously, there was, there was, uh, we were obviously going to go down memory lane uh, with a lot of these yeah, things, yeah. but um, <laughs> I think there is some, I think there is some important things in there in regards to your, your seasonal advice and everything else, because of course, you've uh, you've been there. Um, why don't you, I suppose, touch upon then what the initial role that let um, you you went into after the seasonal uh, stuff, and then obviously which quite nicely, the seasonal stuff ties now into the job that you're doing now. Um, I had left uh, West Lothian and I went to East Asia because I was, when I was a ranger, I was actually quite interested in the outdoor access side of it. Um, you know, access rights, uh, the Scottish Outdoor Access Code, Land Reform Act, and that came from a personal interest of being in the hills and camping and all that sort of thing and uh, so that was the sort of angle I thought I wanted to go in uh, when I was a ranger I had that aspiration of um, being a ranger for a few years get my foot in the door learn some things and then hopefully eventually being an access officer um, right. and so when a job at East Asia came up to be um, a project officer it was delivering a project that would um, provide an upgrade, a network of paths in, within a community down in East Asia. Um, and that, that was all about, um, you know, developing that project, uh, going through all this corporate side of it as well, doing all the procurements side of things. Yeah. Getting a, getting a contractor, all that sort of thing, and then delivering it. And so went for it just on a whim. Actually, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone says this, but I didn't think I would have any chance, you know, mm. getting it. But um, went in, I got interviewed, uh, and I got offered the job. I was walking out the office back to the car, and they phoned me. I wasn't even at the car yet, and they <laughs> phoned me and offered me the job. Probably. I was like, Excellent, that was brilliant. And I don't know if maybe I was the only one that actually interviewed for the job. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, uh, so I've been on to work there, and that was excellent. That, that was um, so I, I was I was working under the access officer at the time, and I had a sort of free reign on this project. And originally, that was only a two year post, actually. Right. Um, it was. Funded by, um, I think it was uh, a, a big whack of money that came from Whiteley, actually. Right. Um, so they were pumping money back into the, into the East Asia community, and part of it was to up, upgrade these paths, this network of paths, 
And so I had to go out in, in the community, I had to speak to all the community councils, go and speak to the schools, speak to all the landowners as well, mm. all the farmers and stuff. I spent many an afternoon sitting in a farmer's kitchen drinking, you know, <laughs> raw milk that he's like taking out the cow just like half an hour earlier. <laughs> very odd, but you know, um, brilliant though, you know, got to know a lot of the, the landowners and farmers and I helped um, kind of create this bond between the farmers of that small community and the council and it was a case of we're helping you manage these paths that are on your land so you mm. don't get any sort of you know negative impacts you know totally. dogs running through the sheep and all that, all that kind of thing um, and so yeah I, I got right into that and I um, it was excellent and then the the guy who hired me actually for that role when I eventually started um, he left three weeks later <laughs> so so I was sort of on my own but um, was being managed by the service manager and uh, she had her hands full already and so she was quite happy for me to just do my own thing with that, which I suppose in hindsight was really lucky. I, you know, like I got to manage my own time um, and I learned loads. And then not even a year afterwards, I think that must have been like the next financial year, they wanted to hire a new access officer, obviously, because he had just left. Yeah. But they amalgamated it into a project manager and uh, a few other things as well. And basically, I just went for that. As well, and I got offered that role. And so not even a year into it, I was um, the Green Infrastructure Development Officer, which was an excellent role, brilliant role, really enjoyed it. Got my hands and teeth right into the, the Land Reform Act. You know, I was um, commenting on planning applications and stuff as the access officer. Um, I was upholding access rights all over the shop because these stair shells are big. <laughs> place with lots of um, walking opportunities. It's it's like ingrained in East Ayrshire. Everyone's out and about. It's, you know, didn't realise it, but it, it was excellent. Um, and then from there, yeah, I spent two and a half years there. That was a management role. Um, eventually they, they gave me the natural heritage coordinator to manage as well. He was writing them management plan for the country park. I was based in Dean Castle Country Park. And then I also took on the maintenance team that was, that was looking after the river way and that included an operative um, and two of, of apprentices actually who were doing oh. their, um, I can't remember what course it was they were doing, but it, they were sort of flitting between me and the council, they you know the guys that are out doing the yeah. football yeah. pitches and, pitches and you know, yeah, yeah, all, all that sort of thing. So two of the guys were with me for half the year and they loved it. Um and it was it was it was excellent working with them. So then after that, you know <laughs> to go back to your tips is to just 
keep an eye on the job market all the time. Even if you're happy in your role, just yeah. just make it a habit of just having a look. And that's, <laughs> that, that's what I was like. I was always just having a look on my job Scotland or, um, you know. CGS is the other one. Yeah, 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 yeah wherever. And um, a few roles came up and I thought to myself, oh, that, that looks excellent. But it was maybe up in Perth. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to move up there. And then one came up um, to work for this central region uh, of the government agency that I'm working for just now and uh, applied for that. I, again, it was a sort of like off the cuff. Uh, it was something that I'd been in the outdoor access and project management side it for two and a half years, which isn't very long really, but it was long enough for me to realise that I like projects, like I like being able to go in and make a difference, a tangible difference on the ground. Have like a um, start and a finish, because essentially that's what the project is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and to be honest, a few of the projects I managed at East Ayrshire were so big that like I didn't even get that far. So yeah. I was in the, 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 the development side of it and, um, and that was all I got through. That was like a year and a half on that sort of thing. I didn't actually see the end of it. But you're picking up all these skills about um, managing contractors, like talking to contractors. Again, it's that sort of communications the things you yeah, need yeah. to speak to the, these people in a certain way is different from talking to kids at the school yeah. or talking to your <laughs> random visitor who's in the in the country park and i was um you know I, I, I felt like it was time to move on like i was um I, I, i'd say a big thing for me actually was outside of work i was getting more interested in the habitat management side of things, you know, uh, make a difference to the environment around us that we're going to then feed into the climate change targets and stuff like that. You know, like, like I started getting quite into that rather than being sort of recreational outdoor access to things. So I just um, went for it and I got offered it. So now I'm, um, I'm just, responsible for managing all the peatland restoration projects across the central region, which is five Fantastic. Yeah. down to Edinburgh, through to Glasgow, up to the Trossachs area, um, out west to the Cowell Peninsula as well. You know, when oh. I've seen, I seen that, but it was central region. I just had that in my head that that was sort of in between Edinburgh and Glasgow. Totally. <laughs> then I offered the job and then I realised, oh my God, it's like it's massive region. <laughs> uh, so, well, you know, it's, it's excellent, you know, and um, I've, I think that was just a few weeks before Christmas I came into that job. So this yeah. would be going out in summer 2021, but that was in Christmas 2020 I got offered that job. So, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And just hearing all that, I mean, it's amazing what, and just in my mind there, what you, that seasonal ranger of like post over two years actually gave you and gave you the interest to then lead into these. I think 
it kind of well i was going to say i think i think you've done the job rules justice you haven't cut any short of your responsibilities and rules but really really big projects and things that i think a lot of seasonal rangers would shy away for and never even consider considering the amount of work that you've done over both that role and now the amount of land that you're covering in regards to projects what i want to just ask then is you actively chose to obviously leave the seasonal role and um, you you obviously saw the job come up um, I suppose kind of a thing to coincide with it. You weren't necessarily, well, you may have been, but you specifically go, wanted to go down the access route rather than, in, I suppose, you weren't waiting on full-time ranger employment, let's say, um, which you might you might touch upon. But um, you, you obviously wanted, you were interested in access and you, you went for this job and you ended up getting it. And as a seasonal ranger, you would have been, as I know, doing small projects and applying for grants. And that was a small part of your role as a ranger or I wouldn't say small, I wouldn't belittle it, but you were you were doing that actively as a seasonal ranger over two years. I know Hannah was giving a lot of responsibility on that and to doing these projects, which I must admit was, again, uh, be my age and lack of experience, but it was something that I've, I suppose, yet to to get in my uh, my ranger career is that that knowledge, which I think is really important. But I think as you've, you've highlighted, it's an important aspect that has led you on to these huge, bigger opportunities afterwards. Do you want to maybe just, I suppose, touch upon that then? Yeah, and uh, you touched upon it there. I think I've, I've, um, <laughs> I told her this, but um, uh, <laughs> she might listen to this or not. I don't know, but I, I, I've got Hannah to thank for quite a lot of this because I feel that although I was a seasonal ranger, I never felt like I was a seasonal ranger. You know. When people ask me about it, like I don't even say that. Partly the fact was that, that they only had three weeks off or something in about two years, but also because Hannah was quite happy to just, you know, let me work as almost like a main grade ranger. I was doing much the same workload um, and I got the chance to do all these things and part of it was I think to take on a project. I don't know if that was actually Han or maybe the manager of Beverly. I don't know who it was that gave the okay, but um, there was a pond in the Pokemon Country Park that was needing a wee bit of upgrade. And right before I left, I got the opportunity to sort of map out a project and apply for- I remember it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was, something that I've been itching to do when I was there and I, I got the opportunity um, it was my first ever sort of like real project where you know I got a few contractors out asked them what they thought of the pond how they would be able to um, make it work you know sort of improve the quality of the water and that kind of thing and then he took it all put it in an, into an application the application was okayed the Funding came through, and you know, what would have then been the stage of taking it on to, to the procurement and to maybe hire a contractor. That that was when I left. <laughs> so um, I don't know how happy Hannah was about that because I think that probably got landed on her lap. But uh, <laughs> um, I still don't even know how it ended up. I snapped in one day a few months ago to have a look at it, but it was quite dark I didn't get a chance to have a look at it but um yeah taking that on was really helpful and um 
that then sort of fed into my project officer role, which then just amplified, which went into the outdoor access role, which then, you know, it just, it's like- Snowballed, yeah. Yes, yeah, snowball effect. And it's cherry picking what skills you've learned and sort of amplifying them in, in a job interview. You know, you're not lying. <laughs> you're just saying this, bit of the last few years was excellent because I'd done X, Y, and Z. So this is why I'm good for the job. Um, and if you believed in that interview, then you make it offer the job. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's actually having the opportunity in the first place. Yeah. And I think that's, yes, that's what a seasonal ranger or like a ranger. Don't have to be seasonal, you know, like if you've been a ranger for five years and you want to grow experience, then obviously you've got all that knowledge and skill set to like use and move elsewhere if you want and that can be a sideways step that can be moving up into i don't know people management site management it could be a diagonal you know up in a sort of access officer role it could be anything it's it's part of the one of my bug bears actually is being at college and uni and it's like you get a drill, don't you? That you're either going to be a ranger or you, like, if you're smart enough, you'll be an ecologist. That's the term. Which I used yeah. to hate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had a lecturer at college who was, you know, technically was quite good, you know. She delivered the curriculum excellent, but she always used to say, and for the smart ones among you who want to be ecologists, <laughs> yeah. I know this. It, it used to really rile me up because I wasn't interested in that. You know, like same, yeah, yeah. Likewise, like learning Latin names and stuff is it's really impressive. I, honestly, I take my hat off to, to all the ecologists. I do. There, I agree. For me, yeah, yeah. for me, I was not interested in that side of it. Yeah, and but to be, you know, you know. Being a ranger is a very, very important job. Very important job. Especially, I think, in the next year or two, once we open up again after uh, lockdown properly, anyway, you know, um, it's going to be a really imp important role because everyone's sort of realised through 2020 how, how excellent, how amazing Scotland's landscape is. And who are the people that are on the front line is the rangers isn't it yeah, yeah totally you know it's aye. no it is it's uh it's an incredible thing to think about and as um that how such a small project uh going back to it um as a seasonal ranger not small i wouldn't like to belittle it either it was quite a for a seasonal and certainly someone as young uh, younger person such as me in that situation having to apply for grants money put together full projects start to finish something as what for me would be quite big but in retrospect, what you've done seems quite little, just a pond um, <laughs> yeah. actually can go a long way. And as you said, it's not about making it up. You having said you've done that, that project, even as even although it's not as probably big or as what they were maybe looking for, you making it out to seem such a way an interview actually then led you into doing these much greatly bigger projects um, that you've now got experience for. And uh, dare I say, you know, like the back of your hand would be able to just go straight through a project uh, <laughs> from start to finish. Um, but I suppose to finish them, um, 
do you think did you ever think that experience was going to lead to where you are now and do you miss being i suppose um the diversity that is the the ranger role um ah so your first question i never expected to be um managing peatland restoration projects no um Certainly not standing yeah. out in black moss, however many years ago with a yeah. laptop downloading data. Oh, you did, yeah, yeah, I, for <laughs> sure. I, you know, I'm, but uh, it, I spent it earlier on. What I, what I had was quite a simple aspiration in that I wanted to be a ranger for a, a few years. You know, part of me was thinking like maybe eight, nine years. And then when I'm a bit older, my knees aren't as <laughs> good, then I might, you know, be an access officer. I'd like to get in there. And that, that was what I had in my head. And um, I was quite fortunate in going to East Ayrshire. I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about how hard it is to get into a role, seasonal ranger role. Um, it's, you need an opportunity. And I've got given an opportunity. So I had a massive experience, but I got offered the that role at East Ayrshire, which then just snowballed into where I'm just now. However, it was, let me think about it. So a couple of years as a ranger, and then about maybe a year as a project officer, and then that was me an access officer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I thought to myself, this is excellent. You know, I've done it way quicker than I thought I would. But, you know, with that comes uh, being in an office for three quarters of the week, yeah. you know. Um, and at first it was all right. I didn't mind. Um, but then after a wee while, you know, I started thinking to myself, oh, there's like, you know. And the thing is, in that role, I was, um, I worked in this same office as the countryside ranger manager at East right. Ayrshire. So worked quite closely with him and the rangers. They used to help me come out and patrol um survey paths and stuff like that. Right. Um and there was a few tasks that I should have been able to get out and do, but I just had that much sort of like corporate emails to write and stuff. So oh, I had right. to get the rangers to to help me. And was always like uh, joking on with them, saying, "You know, I wish I was a ranger again." <laughs> but you know, part of that was so true. It was so true that yeah. it was me that just wanted to be out there and having fun, and you know, you get, you're working obviously, but it's it's such an excellent role. And part of me thought, you know, I would quite like to get out and have out again. And that was part of the reason also that I went into Peatland Invest. Like I'm out and about a lot more. Um, so that was a long-winded way of saying I didn't expect to be where I am. But um, if I'm honest, I don't think there's many um, people in their roles that would say this is what I planned for the next maybe 20 years and it's rolled out exactly how I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, partly because opportunities come and go the this sector as a whole is totally changed i mean like i came into it in 2015 which is hardly any time ago and it's it's so changed again it's like 
and that's that's really all sort of aspects of countryside professionals you know your project officers your volunteer coordinators your access officers your rangers your your community engagement officers there's loads of roles in there that you don't get told about when or that that was my experience anyway that you just don't get told about so that was all i wanted to be was a ranger and then an access officer so the fact that i'm here just now it isn't a surprise that I actually am surprised that I'm here, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and what was the other questions? Sorry, God, I'm no, I, you're quite all right. Um, I, I was, I think you've answered both, to be honest. Um, uh -huh. what, um, how, what, you, um, what you had done as a seasonal ranger progressed into to what you're doing now, obviously. And yeah, I think it's no matter um, how far on you've it was since you've been a seasonal ranger anyone i think that has done the the full diverse ranger role with education public events access conservation uh, just you name it all of um these different roles uh, that are condensed into one well in some capacity no matter where you go miss one aspect of it and certainly yeah, for me yeah, just for now sure. is um the practical role because I, I i do have lacked that over the last few years because the again the ranger service is different in that regards where there is less practical experience i've been um itching itching to touch a path again just <laughs> in any degree and i know i could i know i could like go out <laughs> do volunteering and all that sort of thing but it just wouldn't be the same working alongside yeah, yeah. volunteers and again working alongside is even just back to when i was work experience doing path work with again seasonal rangers like yourself use use uh seasonal rangers and do leave a mark on even the the younger people and uh, work experience placements because again often as in my case the work experience placements were left with the seasonals majority of the time to do tasks alongside them to deliver yeah. the practical side and also the the skill side of it as well so no use uh without knowing it um certainly yourself ben and again just the Wesselden team have obviously um shaped who i've become and, and and in regards to professional sense as well the what i am capable of as a ranger and yeah i i owe it a lot to even although i've not worked with you in many many years i i certainly still remember and have carried on a lot of the things that you've even said in passing or um said whilst working alongside you so yeah, yeah. Well, good to know good to know <laughs> uh, and and to be fair i mean when was it so i was 2015 you were the year after so it's not that much longer but you're a lot younger than me so what i would say to you is you've got a bright future ahead of you if you keep doing what you're doing and um that's all you need to do you know it's it's it's, it's fine absorb everything that, that was what i got told and that's what i've been yeah. trying to do for the last five six years and uh, so that was a great bit of advice i would say that to absolutely everyone as well you know yeah no um it's you often learn the most with um certainly who you work with and who you're surrounded uh, by um i suppose just general yeah. advice um with rangering and everything else but um no um i'm conscious we have been uh, rambling on which isn't a bad thing um we've covered <laughs> quite a lot of ground um no path pun intention uh, intended um and yeah i'll let you get on with with the rest of your day thank you for catching up it's been a, a pleasure to to catch up with you and no for, yeah for you to share your story that's that's excellent 
thanks for having me on. And if you ever want to have me on again, I'd be happy to come on and have another <laughs> pleasure with you. You know. No, Excellent. it's good to know. Thanks very good much. To know.